previously on From. You can't keep punishing yourself, Boyd. She wouldn't have wanted that. And I wish you had the luxury of grief, but you don't. These people need you. I knew all about the divorce and how this whole okay. trip was just one last hurrah before you sat us down to break the news. Thomas is dead. You have two other kids. They're enough for you. Hello? Is anybody out there? Seriously, man, I don't know why you keep staring at that thing. There's two pages stuck together here. Holy shit. I have Sarah tied up in the basement of the church. She showed me this. Something was watching me that day, the same thing that told Sarah. And you think this thing is trying to help us? Whatever it is, it's a part of the fabric of this place. Inside. The tree? No! You'll be safe! What? I promise. Find your brother. You have to tell him. I'll be right behind recap of some things that happened previously on from the epic show that is taking twisty turns all over the place and whew, for some people it's uh, been a bit much and for other people the mystery continues and it's exciting uh, I made the mistake of uh, hopping down into some reddit threads for from and oh boy uh, the number of theories are varied and wide and I have to say that uh, seems like a bunch of people after this episode are actually kind of losing patience with From, and I don't exactly know why, but uh, let's talk about it. So I'm going to bring in my co-host, Kinte. Kinte, how are you today? I am doing well. I'm so happy to be here, and I'm looking forward to talking about this wonderful show. So this episode was called, uh, what is it called? Broken Windows, Open Doors? Broken Windows, Open Doors. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, so tell me, where are you at? Uh, are you with the, you know, maybe, I don't know, I don't know what the percentage is, but are you with part of the Reddit crowd with this show is taking too long to unravel? Or are you with the, no way, this is great. I'm really invested and there's lots of stuff happening. It's only been eight episodes. I mean, you want to unravel everything and then there's nothing to talk about? Like, no, I think it's fine. I have to say that uh, that I feel like this is definitely a little bit, and I'm not trying to call anybody out or anything, but it does feel a little bit like people are being very selfish and impatient with their attitudes about <laughs> a show that is clearly meant to be a slow burn and 
we're not going to get super good answers. And I mean, we're on episode eight. We know that there's 10 episodes in the season. So we probably are not going to get an entire resolution out of this uh, season. But mm, brings up some interesting questions. So this, let's talk about this episode. Uh, we got to see Boyd and how Boyd came to our little town. And, uh, you know, that brings to mind a good question. They've never named the town, have they? No, not at all. That's interesting. Yeah, they have not. It's kind of just nowhere, uh, which, yeah, I find also very interesting. Um, but Boyd and his wife make it there with their son, Ellis, make it there in much the same way everybody else did. They come across the tree um, and we discover how Boyd got the keychain for the boat. He was going to retire on the boat. His wife actually bought it for him. Just good stuff. Like It was very reminiscent of the very first scenes that we see from From, where we have the family, uh, and they are also on a vacation, and they're having fun, kind of back and forth, and then we see the tree. Um, I, I, I have to say, one of the things that I found a little bit uh, confusing about this episode was the only way that I could tell what place we were at in the story was whether... Boyd was covered with blood or whether he wasn't covered with blood, which I sort of in the end of the episode was kind of revealing in the sense that like basically Boyd wears the same clothes all the time. Did you see that? Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah go ahead. I, I was kind of wondering if maybe that was like a throwback to some army. Um, like, you know, that's how he would have been in the army, but I, I don't know. I've never been in the army, so I couldn't really come up with any rationale for it. What did you think? No, I, no, I, I, yeah, I think that was just a visual cue for the audience. You know what I'm saying? It would have been nice if they dressed him in something else, but I think that there's a reason he doesn't. I mean, like, I feel like there's actually a reason that he wears the same clothes. I don't know well, what I it mean, is, but the, the, it's kind of like his uniform, I guess. Yeah, like his uniform. There you go. That's what I. I think that's what I was looking for. That's why. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, so we okay. Rather than deconstruct this uh, super linear, let's just talk about Boyd and the flashbacks first, and then we'll get to the meat of the actual what's going on in the town. Um, tell me what you thought about Boyd and Ellis and uh, I'm I'm sorry, his wife was named Amy. Is that right? Uh, uh, yeah, Amy. Something okay, like so what, what did you think about the family as they were coming into town? Give me some impressions. Um, typical American family. Um, you know, uh, this is kind of, I, you know, one thing I like about it is it just shows you like before they, um, before they went to hell, you know, that they were a nice family that was um uh you know a nice american family that you know uh they seem to all be happy on right. a, on their trip you know and i thought they did a good job of really you know cuz they were trying to get it was an ambitious episode because they had to get a lot in this you know particular episode so and i thought they did a, a fine job with that yeah, they, they definitely fleshed Boyd's character out a lot. And at the same time, I feel like they gave us uh, <clears throat> a massive amount of insight into how the town is running now, 
as opposed to how the town was running before Boyd showed up and why it was so important to Father Cautry that Boyd kind of stay hinged and by proxy why Boyd is pushing Kenny so much to step up to the plate and leave this place when he's gone. Like all of those things seem like maybe they could make sense sort of outside of the context that we got last night, but last night's context really showed us, Oh my God, they were actually hiding underground before Boyd showed up. Right. Yeah. And it lets you, it also gives you um, some insight that you can't, there's a, there's another way that you can, uh, avoid them. You don't have to have the talismans or you know that you can hide from them. It yeah, it seems like underground is I I don't know if underground is like sacred or safe or if they're afraid of it or because it brings up all these other associated ideas which is like okay there's the digging in the basement and that's clearly underground, right? I mean, something's going on with that. I don't know what, but something, uh, they're able to hide underground and somehow that keeps them safe. Although I don't know if that is actually true. I, I feel like maybe it's only true in the sense that they just couldn't be found. Like maybe it's not necessarily being underground that saves you. Maybe it's, just not being found you're just hidden enough that they can't find you um but it also to me brings to mind where victor was hiding because remember victor was hiding in the storm cellar in right. that big and that's underground too and maybe i don't know it's seems... oh yeah and he didn't have a talisman then he didn't uh, not that i saw i didn't see anything in in that episode that looked like there was a talisman near the door by the door nothing like that so yeah, that feels like that maybe is important. I don't know. Um, so speaking of talismans, let's talk about, uh, you know, Boyd gets to the town and he's basically taking charge. And they called him, what did they call him? Uh, loaves and fishes. Right. Boyd was loaves and fishes. Uh, you know, he could take anything and turn it into a way to feed the masses and get everybody all organized and squared away. And he sets to work with that immediately. But then he's out in the forest looking for provisions and he stumbles into this cave. Um, and I'll lovingly refer to it as the cave of wonders because he's in the cave and he knows that the things are outside and they all line up sort of outside the cave, but they won't come in. And that's how he finds the talisman. And I, I got, I, I don't know if I should, I don't know how I should ask this question other than to say, like, how freakishly weird was that? You know, what did you me, think of that? It makes me almost feel like it was preordained or something. Like, like, I mean, just to stumble on it like that. Maybe that there was more to it than than um you know him just stumbling onto it like maybe it was i don't know maybe it was fate i don't i, I mean I don't like know. is something trying to help them or or is this just not something trying to help them it's just something that is happening that they're taking advantage of you, like i mean with one system there's actual intent 
something's actively trying to help them. And then in another situation, it's just, no, they're just stumbling upon tools that were either left or that have worked against whatever these things are. Mm. And I don't, I don't know what the answer is to that. Interesting. But I, I, I feel like, um, I feel like that's definitely that that's a question that needs to be answered. Yes. So Boyd brings the talisman back to town and then we discover why Ellis basically is so angry at Boyd. And I'm going to let you take the lead on that one. What, what, how, first of all, narrate that for us. And secondly, tell me what you thought about it. Um, well, basically he comes back to town and uh, I'll put up a, a visual there we and, go. and, uh, his wife is gone crazy. Now, now we were, uh, we were alerted to the fact that, um, she was losing her mind by Ellis and he seemed to kind of brush it off and, not really take it as serious as Ellis wanted him to. And, um, but she clearly has lost her mind and she believes that, that it's all a, a dream. And somehow she believes that if she goes around killing people, that they'll all wake up. So she's killed several members of the town. And uh, Donna, uh, that's her name, right? Donna. Yeah. Uh, um, he has a gun. She has a gun to her. But that's when um, Boyd comes into town and sees what's going on, and he draws his gun on her. And then they talk, and then Ellis comes, and she tries to, she looks like she's about to shoot her own son, and then he has no choice but to put her down. So, uh, I, okay, so a couple things. One, this sort of mimics uh, somebody else who, now I can't remember who it was, but somebody else talked about uh, basically like everybody has to die for everybody to leave or everybody has to not, they didn't use the word wake up. They used a different word, but it's like everybody has to basically be gone before the, before everybody can be gone. Um, and she says, and, and I feel like this, I don't know if this is important or not, but I feel like maybe it is. Um, she says to Ellis that she, in the beginning, she's looking down the road and she says, this reminds me of a dream that I had. And the reason that I think that that might actually be uh, important is because everybody seems to have some kind of weird tie to this place. Like, like something has happened here before or some piece of who they are is here. Um, like the bracelet, like the, um, like her dream, like, uh, Jade's fascination with the symbols. Like, it feels like something is, uh, I won't call it nostalgic or reminiscent, but it, clearly there's, they all have some kind of strange tie to this place, which is kind of crazy. Or at least a person from each of their groups seems to have a tie to this place um because i think sometimes when the families come together it seems like maybe not everybody does so but that'll be interesting to see what happens um I, okay so the after we find out why ellis hates boyd so much and that he you know clearly didn't get 
sort of what was not maybe I'm not saying that Ellis didn't understand what had to happen there. I'm, I think I think uh, Fatima put it really well when she said, "He's your parent. He's your father. He lets you heap all of your hate on him because he knows that you have no other place to put it." And like that is essentially what a good parent does. A good parent lets you basically use them as whatever you need from them in that moment. And I don't know, there was something about that that just felt really uh, interesting, but that was in the, in the present, not in our flashback scenes. Um, in the flashback scenes, after Boyd brings the uh, talisman in, one of the interesting things that I feel like sort of unravels for us is the idea that Boyd as sort of the de facto leader is has really he's he's put his time into this place. Like it's not just that he's organized it really well. He's put blood, sweat, and tears into this place. And so it makes everything that Boyd does from this point forward just have that much more impact for me. How did how do you see his role in this place? Oh, he's the savior. He's the uh, the main reason why so many people's lives haven't you know uh, were spared from you know um, the the threat. So I really feel like people see that they know that, and that's why he's has such favor, and he's a capable person. Yeah, he's he's definitely um, a deep a deeper thinker in terms of logistics, and I know we're gonna it, we're gonna go back and talk about what's happening in the town in just a second. But at the end of this episode, what we see is Boyd and um, well, basically we see Boyd, and and of course we also see Sarah, but we see Boyd with a backpack on, and it looks like he's got a tent rolled up in the backpack. And my guess is that his experience with the RV and putting the talisman up in the RV gave him enough plausible, um, what's a good word for this? He, he has an idea now that if he puts the talisman up in the tent, that it will save them overnight so that he can hike further to wherever the boat is or wherever a boat is. I don't even know if it's, if this is a sort of pie in the sky thing or whether he really knows where there's a boat. Um, but, but that, that to me is like, that's some really good storytelling because that brings us all the way from the very beginning of the show where we just have kind of the seed of an idea and it takes Boyd many different ideas and iterations later to come up with, well, what if we do this? Uh, which I thought was actually really good. So, I mean, I'm definitely and firmly in the camp of this episode solidified in my head that the, that I mean, obviously the Raiders know where they're going, but it, it's clear that there's more than just like a little bit of story to tell. It, it really feels like they are cinching uh, knots where they need to. Um, so <laughs> let before we go to the beginning of the show, let's just talk real quick about um, Ethan, Sarah, uh, and and Julie. I'm sorry, Ethan, Julie, 
and the Matthews. Uh, so Jade comes to the house and I, I got to get your take on this. First of all, does it feel to you like Mr. Matthews is losing his SHIT? Uh, yes. Yeah. And you don't know if it's if it's just naturally because of the stress or is it because of what this place can do to people? That's what I was thinking because, and I feel like that was the point behind us seeing what happened to Boyd's wife. Um, that it, that it's more than just this place is stressful and it, you know, obviously makes you do and, and feel things that you wouldn't normally. And I mean, I think we can all understand that, but at the same time, I also feel like, it is actually changing people before our eyes. And even if we're not paying attention to it as, as like under a microscope with as much scrutiny as perhaps we would, if it was more overt, it's, it is definitely there. Like I can really see it. Um, and I think that that's also made sort of, oddly apparent as well because it's not that it's changing somebody for the worse but maybe changing someone for the better when ellis finally says to boyd um i forgive you and i mean he didn't actually say i forgive you he said you know i love you uh oh i have that I, clip I, uh, let's them, play that clip of them making amends okay Uh, hold on a second. Oh, hey! Hey, why is it this playing? I'm sorry. Hold on a second. Uh, let me, let me, uh, give me a second. So, just to set up some context until we get that going, uh, Fatima tells Ellis, if you don't tell Boyd that you forgive him, that you understand or that you and that you still love him, basically, as your dad, that you're going to regret it for the rest of your life. And I mean, you know, in my head, I'm thinking, yeah, even if that's only for another couple days, it's still important. But I, f I feel like this is sort of a, a pivot point because it reminds us that the characters are still really trying to heal and be normal even even in these extraordinary circumstances yeah um sorry about that uh i, I probably had to re-upload uh, <laughs> the um clip My well, you know what let's let's play the clip that uh that's with jade and oh, wait i think i got it now let's try. okay Wait, I'll do it the old-fashioned way. <laughs> Can you hear? Nope, I can't hear it. Okay, I'm sorry. Hold on. All right, let's let's do the other one. Okay, let's do Jade and Jim on the porch. Oh. Hey, I need to talk to What is wrong with you? 
You have any idea what she has been through? Believe me, I get it. Times are tough all around, but I found something last night. There's a symbol that I've been, I've been seeing. The same symbol is in this book. And last night, okay, last night I found this photo. I don't give a shit about your questions and your symbol and your books. Just stay the fuck away from my daughter, you understand me? Okay, you're doing the whole protective dad thing. I respect that. You drag me out into the woods, have me climb a fucking tree for some stupid idea, and then you run off like a psycho before we even have a chance to try it. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry about that. I, uh, was, um... It worked. Wait, what? Yeah. All I got was some static, but it worked. I think if we get it up over the tree line and we get it enough power, I think we could get a signal out. How do you propose we get up over the tree line? We start by going to the high ground. So the high ground that they are talking about is what I had said before about Colony House. And Donna is up at Colony House and she basically tells the guys... They say, hey, uh, Donna, can we use your house for this, uh, you know, kind of impromptu radio tower? And Donna goes, uh, yeah, okay, fine. Nobody's going to use this place for anything now anyway. And the reason, of course, is because everyone is scared to go back to Colony House because they don't know how something got in. They don't know that that guy opened the window and let the, the beast in, the monsters in. Uh, and so, you know, Clearly, nobody trusts being there. Totally understandable. Um, and so half of the town, or most of the town, is now living... I'm sorry, most of Colony House is now living in the town. And there's this great dynamic that exists with that. But let's go back to Jade and Jim. So on the porch, they're having this conversation. And, and yes, they want to build this radio tower. But this is part of what I was talking about before, which is... Every time we stumble upon something that might be important, it feels like it gets interrupted. And this was a perfect example of that. I really feel like Jade is onto something with the symbols. I don't know what, but I feel like he's really onto something with the symbols. And what does Jim do? Jim says, I don't care about your effing symbols. And then he proceeds to tell him that the radio thing worked. Mm -hmm. And Jade is like, oh yeah, forget the symbols. Let's do the radio tower. And I, I mean, like, it's such a great way of of not just introducing like ideas that might be uh, valuable down the road, but also of distracting the audience from could these things actually work? And, oh, no, wait, here, uh, here's a piece of candy. Hey, here's a piece of candy. Hey, here's a piece of candy. I mean, it, it for whatever reason, it actually really works. And I did really like that. Um, Give me your what? What did you think about how that whole thing played out? Oh, uh, <laughs> about the um, uh, no, I thought it was uh, funny because you know, first of all, um, Jim is constantly trying to fight somebody. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he is. He is spoiling for a fight, and uh, Jade just doesn't have boundary. Uh, doesn't understand boundaries. You know, and you would think he would have learned from before, but. You know, that's just the guy, the kind of guy he is. So um, it's going to be an interesting combo of those two trying to figure out what's going on. So, uh, no, I liked it. 
I, I, I did too. I, 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 again, I really think that there is something to what's happening here. But okay, now we're going to, I want to talk about something else. So we didn't get to talk last week about why this is so important, but um, when Jade finds the picture of the Polaroid that has Victor in it and Victor's a child, the reason that that was so mind-blowing to everyone and to Kenny's uh, mom is because no one realized that he had been there for that long. Mm-hmm. Which makes me think that, like, okay, so maybe Victor isn't or hasn't always been in the town. Like, like maybe he's not. And I keep going back to the faraway trees and thinking maybe he uses the faraway trees or has used the faraway trees in a way that takes him away from places, away from the town. Um, I don't know for sure, but it definitely felt like hey, they didn't know that he had been there that long. They had no idea. I, I So Victor's not telling them that he's been there for that long. And um, it, it opens up interesting questions about Victor. We didn't see Victor at all this episode. <clears throat> so we don't know. We don't even know where he is. He's out there somewhere following the boy in white, maybe. I don't know. Um. I, I don't know. I have so I have so many questions. So many questions. Um, let's just talk real briefly about Julie and uh, Julie's mom and their conversation in the cellar. And I I I know there isn't like a ton, but I just wanted to ask you what you what was your gut feeling about that conversation? Um. Well, I mean, she's losing her her stuff because look what she's went through. So, I mean, I just take it as that she is, um, you know, it's her falling apart, and it, I think it's also her coming back to the fold, don't you think? Yeah, I I, I thought it was really interesting because I, I um, because I, okay, first of all, we get the tragic story about how the baby fell off the changing table. Right? Yes, uh, yeah, and. Okay, so the mom in me and the just pragmatist in me was like, okay, clearly a man wrote this who didn't have kids or who didn't understand how changing tables work because changing tables have rails on them for the most part. You don't put a kid on, I don't know, something seemed way off on that. But nevertheless, that's what happened. The kid fell off a changing table. Okay. So, so that's, that's the trauma that they've been trying to deal with, right? The thing that I find interesting about this is that the wedge that it formed between Julie and everybody else in the Matthews uh, family, it feels to me like, it feels to me like this is more than just uh, Julie you know, is having a hard time with the fact that they're getting divorced and that there was the death and that it it feels to me like there's something more going on with that. I don't know what it is. I can't, but that whole conversation made me feel like there's something else happening here. I don't know exactly what it is, but I thought it was a good attempt at at least trying to explain to us why things are so estranged in this family. Mm. Um, 
Okay, I'm going to ask another question about the very beginning of this episode. Okay. Uh, tell me what you thought after we had the flashback with Boyd. And after, um, well, I guess it's not actually the beginning, but tell me what you thought about the conversation with Kenny and Boyd. After Boyd takes Sarah out to this remote cabin in the middle of nowhere and says, I'll be back. And then there's this confrontation in town at the diner where the, the people. Oh, I have that clip too, by the way. I have the. the, the, Uh, Let's play that. Boyd and Sarah. Yeah. Yeah. Let's play that. Please. Can you just tell me where we're going? Where's father Cotri? They used to shriek. Do you know that? All night long, they'd shriek. Drove people crazy. That all stopped once we got the talismans. Then they started to whisper. I always wondered about that. Your voices tell you anything about that? No. Of course not. God forbid they tell you anything useful. Keep walking. Not until you tell me what's going on. You think you're going to stand there and make demands after what you did? Where's Father Cotri? He's dead. What? Those things got in the colony house. Father Cotri tried to help. Now he's dead, along with a lot of other people. Is Ellis okay? He's fine. He's scraped up. He's back at the clinic with the others. Oh, now you want to cry. You cry like that for Bing Chen? You think I'm a monster? I don't give two shits what you are. The only reason you're alive is because Father Katri thought you could help us all get home. The second you prove him wrong, I'm gonna put a bullet in you myself. Now keep walking. All right. See, that that was pretty powerful. I mean, I, I, I feel like that was really powerful from Boyd's perspective. But tell me, what did you think about that whole conversation? What I took from it is um, he doesn't care about her tears or anything. It's all about can you help us? Can you help us get to where we need to get to? And also, um, he doesn't trust her at all. Now, would he put a bullet in her? Like he says, that's debatable, you know, because of. I figured, like, if, if he was more in threat, she was more of a threat, like direct right. threat. He would, but I don't know if he, I think he was talking tough. I don't know that he would just shoot her like that. You know what I mean? Well, I I, I think he sees Sarah right now as a resource, and mm-hmm. you know he's Mister Fish and Loaves, right? Loaves right. and fishes. Uh, and and my guess is that what he's what is basically happening here is he thinks that obviously there's something to be gained by having Sarah be there. Although I don't know if he understands exactly what it is. Um, But my guess is that like he, that, that, you know, part of understanding who the enemy is, is being able to dehumanize the enemy. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Boyd is, is not quite sure if she's the enemy or not. So he's sort of dehumanizing Sarah in a way that allows him to see her as the enemy and not as, Oh, you're one of my flock that I need to protect. Yeah. He needs that. Definitely. 
because he doesn't know what's going to come. He doesn't know what's going to happen from here. And yeah, that, that's why I felt like that conversation was so important. It felt very good. I, I did really like that. Okay, so so after that, uh, after Boyd gets back and he's in town, the townspeople, the people that actually live in town now, not the people that came in from Colony House, all the townspeople are basically taking in the people from Colony House. And the townspeople show up at the diner. And this is the townspeople. This is the people that the diner serves. And they're wanting to loot the diner. And Kenny's mom is out front going with a broom. Don't you dare come in my diner. And Boyd shows up and says, what are you guys doing? You know, we're not going to turn into animals just because we're not going to let them win is kind of what he was saying. Um, and I, I liked that. But tell me what how you thought about that dynamic that was happening where what is happening between the idea of Colony House and the idea of town that the people are like at each other's throat this way that just felt like i don't know it felt so extra to me you know it's what it is is fear fear will make you do crazy things fear will make you subject yourself to different things and right now they're you know people you got to think about the colony house the colony house gave the illusion of safety and they were there for a long time. They were sitting back, having a fun, you know, their hippie lifestyle. And then all of a sudden, it was like reminded that, you know what? There is no safety, you know? There, there's, you always got to watch your back. There is no, it's an illusion. Safety is only an illusion. I, I, I do understand that. But w what really made me surprised was mm -hmm. the people that showed up to loot the diner were the people from town. They weren't the people from Colony House. Right. No, I'm saying, even though they weren't at Colony House, I think Colony House, maybe from afar, was like a, a sign, you know, like a symbol or something. Oh. So yeah, I can see when that. that when that went down, it's like, well, shit, all bets are off. And then plus, they're coming into the town now. And now we got to you know, we got to share. Yeah. Yeah, it's like things are gone awry, you know? I, I, I do feel like there is some precedent for this because uh, we know, <laughs> not to keep bringing this up, but we know the peaches are gone. Oh. So, so we know that things are not being restocked. Uh, we know that things are not uh, coming some somehow the supply line has been broken. We don't know how, but somehow that's that is definitely a thing. Um, you know, I just realized who or what it was that said the the idea that everything has to go in order for everyone to move on. And you know who it was that said that? Uh, Confucius. Uh, it was me. <laughs> I just realized that I, I came up with that idea uh, after we saw Victor emerge from the uh, storm cellar and everybody was dead and uh, and the, the boy in white seemed super happy. I, I'm kind of wondering now what Amy saw in all of this. That'll be interesting. 
Um, okay, let's, uh, first of all, let me, I'm going to open the floor to you. Tell me, is there anything that you feel like you want to talk about in this episode that we either haven't talked about or that feels really super important? The dog. Let's talk about the dog. Is mm. there more to the dog than we actually realize? You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And and we saw dogs uh, in one of our previous episodes when Victor was out in the forest with Ethan. Yeah. I, and I'm wondering is maybe maybe the the dog is because he said because there was something he said something to the effect like uh, who is your owner? And it seemed like he was it seemed like it was called away by somebody. Yeah. So I'm wondering if that uh, if that dog is, um, in fact, you know, I mean, what's the key? Is there a key? Because then, you know, there's it's what there was quite what? How many were there? Uh, about seven. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So. So we, we still do not know where these things, these monsters go during the day. Mm -hmm. And one idea might be that maybe they transform into animals. I mean, we've got crows, we've got goats, we've got chickens, we've got dogs. I mean, there's plenty to sort of, hmm. you know, there's plenty, I feel like there's plenty for us to take with that. But, uh, and the way that Boyd said, there was a goat and it was just walking around the forest. Just, I mean, like clearly that line wasn't just a throwaway line. Like why was that important? So and, I don't know. And so somebody said earlier in the earlier episode, uh, the, the chickens just appear or something to that effect. Yeah. I think it was Kenny possibly. It, um, no, I think it, wait, maybe it was Kenny, but he, he was talking yeah, because I think he was talking about uh, Sarah's brother, and yeah, that yeah, I think you're right. I think it was Kenny. Yep. Um, yeah. So what's the deal? What's the deal with the animals then? Uh, I, I I don't know, but do we do we actually know that the animals, even that they have locked up, are are actually staying there? And that I don't know. Like I just I there's a there is. Clearly, there is some kind of lore going on about the animals in the show because we have featured crows. The one thing I will say, though, is we don't see animals other than the crows in Victor's drawings in the beginning, right? In in the intro. Right. We don't see them, which makes me think not that they're not important, but just they don't have an assigned role in our in the mythology that we're able to see yet. Right. But we do see everything else. We see all the other cuts. So I don't know. I mean, it, there's, there's animals. There's clearly, uh, you know, the, the kid with standing with the goat. Why is that was another weird one. There's a drawing of a kid with a goat. And, and we have to believe that everything they show is, there's a reason for it. Well, it feels, I mean, some stuff, of course, could be like, you know, red herring stuff and, you know, just some throwaway stuff because 
they can't possibly always make everything be important. But at the same time, there's recurring themes which feel like, yeah, okay, maybe we should pay attention to some of those things because they seem a little more relevant than not relevant, you know? Yeah. So, but I mean, anybody's guess is as good as mine because who knows? I, I have no clue what's going on here. Um, I, I, I kind of think though that if it's in the forest, it's fair game. And when I say that, I mean, like anything that's in the forest is basically open to the widest of speculation because that seems to be their domain. Mm -hmm. It's the forest. They come into the town, but they don't exist in the town. It doesn't seem like so. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I, You know, one other thing which I thought was kind of interesting just in terms of timeline is Father Cotri has clearly was there. Uh, before Boyd, long before Boyd, because of the stuff that he says when they're uh, underground and he talks about, you know, how they discovered even just those things. But I wanted to go back for a second to Boyd in the cave with the uh, with the sigils, with the talisman. Mm -hmm. Um, So all the talisman were all in one cave. Do yeah. You, do you see any reason why they wouldn't have tried to make others? Wait, what do you mean? Well, why aren't they trying to just like collect rock and make other talismans? Oh, you mean to actually make them themselves? Yeah. Well, what if they don't work? You you're going to find out I, in the worst way. I know, I know. I it's just I I wonder about that though. I I mean I guess, you know, yeah, maybe that would be, but I, I really, and we don't know, like, what about, what about painting those symbols on things? Would that keep them out? Yeah. But the the problem is you find out, you, you know, you find out, you'll find out in a, yeah, know, in the a, worst way. Right. right. Yeah. Mm. You don't want to, you don't want to roll the dice on that. I don't know. I, f- I feel like I would, I feel, I feel kind of like, you know, the spirit of Jade would kick in and I would want to set up some kind of experiment and see what was happening. I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure exactly how, but I'd come up with something. Um, is there, so, uh, so overall, what, what, what kind of score would you give this episode? Oh, this, I thought this was an A plus plus. I thought, I, I thought that it gave you a lot of information. It filled in a lot of details and I think it, you know, I thought they did an excellent job with the flashbacks. I, and um, I really, it makes me want to know what's going to happen next, you know. So, um, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, where was Victor? You know, we, we haven't seen Victor. In, yeah, what, where two, was Victor? Two episodes, right? Two episodes? No, just one. No, just, just one. Because he was, he was there at the end of Colony House, remember? Oh, that's right. He was okay. following the boy in white. I guess it feels like it's more than it is. So you we know. haven't we haven't seen Victor, and we don't have resolution, obviously, to like a lot of things. But one of the biggest things that I think is important is the way that Victor said at the end of the last episode, "Tell Ethan that you know, tell your brother um, that it started 
and he'll know what that means. And she didn't do that. And she didn't. And and also, not only didn't she do that, but uh, Ethan seemed pretty interested in in the drawings. Right. I mean, like, yeah, something. Maybe there is something there. I don't oh, know. And one more thing too. It was it was great to have Father Kadri in this episode. Yeah, I, 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 you know, I have to say, I really thought that he was going to have a much bigger part in everything because didn't it feel to you like they were really setting him up to be important? Right. Like, you know, the discoverer of things that are maybe some kind of mystical tie or I don't know that I, I was really surprised. I, that they I killed feel him like off. they killed him off too fast. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, but of course, you know what? We don't know what's going to happen. We don't, we really don't understand what, like, where things are going to go from here. We really just don't, we don't get it. So, could be, I don't know, could be, uh, there could be anything happening. I, I have, I have like a million theories in my head, but most of them sound more ridiculous than QAnon, so I won't say them, because... I just don't know. But it's exciting. I feel really excited by the stuff that is happening in this in this series. And I I have to disagree with, you know, the people, some people that are on Reddit. I don't actually think that it's happening too slow. I think it's this is a form of storytelling that unravels. And yeah, you know, maybe it doesn't move at a pace that you think is going to give you um the the kind of like quick beats and the quick time in storytelling but then maybe this isn't the kind of storytelling for you maybe you need to you know maybe something else will fill that spot this is definitely the kind of storytelling that feels like it's it's like it's layered it's we're unearthing small layers at a time and we're not even i don't think catching everything that is being unearthed we're just so busy trying to get to the next layer that I feel like there's a lot of stuff that we might have missed. But, you know, hopefully we'll have some really good storytelling in the next two episodes and things will start to come together. I mean, I, I don't I, I wouldn't ask you for a prediction, but what do you think is going to happen in the next episode? I, I think what's going to happen is Boyd and Sarah, they're going to get closer to finding some sort of um um i don't know what it might be some kind of answer uh i don't think that we're gonna get exactly what it is but it's gonna be like the because it's the penultimate episode so it's gonna be some shows it's interesting some shows um the penultimate episode is really the finale and they they use the last episode as kind of like the wrap-up yeah kind of like right and in other shows, the penultimate episode just sets up the the big finale, you know. And I feel like this one is going to be more of a setup. I think it's going to happen. Whatever's going to happen that's major is probably going to happen in the uh, last episode. So um, I just feel like every, I think the I think this whole, this next episode is going to be a bunch of um, moving pieces in their places. So that the last episode is the one that's that uh, uh, some sort of payoff, but I, I have a feeling that we're it's gonna this season is gonna leave us wanting. I, I feel like there's gonna be 
you know, maybe there's going to be some answer questions, but I don't think it's going to be in the way that people want. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I think I have a feeling some of those people will get, be disappointed. I, I don't see a path forward that allows them to wrap everything up neatly. Um, like, I, I, I feel like we would need at least another season uh, to understand, and maybe even more, to understand what's really going on. But at the same time, I also think that, you know, no series starts out sort of believing that they're just automatically going to get a second season. So I do think that we'll have some understanding of what's happening. I just don't think it'll be a complete understanding. Like it'll be a peek at what might be happening and then, you know, fade to black and then we'll see what happens next. Right. That kind of thing. But I, but I am, I have to say that I do in the next episode, I definitely think that Victor is going to make another appearance. And I think that Victor's appearance in whatever fashion or form it is, and my guess is that it will intersect with Boyd and Sarah, it will be important, like very, very important. Whatever is happening in town is now happening in town, and it is disconnected from Boyd, Sarah, and I think Victor. So that's my prediction. I guess we'll see. We'll see next week. So Kitty, how can we find you on social media? Great question. Uh, and you can find me at Kente F on Twitter, at Kente Ferguson, that's F-E-R-G-E-R-S-O-N on Instagram. And of course, the website is theindyradio.com. That's I-N-D-Y radio.com. Uh, how can people find you? Uh, they can find me over at my website at moviesandmeals.com. And um, one quick thing about The Indie Radio Uh the Indie Radio is definitely a great place to go find some aggregated content on lots of different shows. Um, we've done a bunch, and there's a bunch that are sitting in archives that are just absolutely fabulous. So before you go check out a show, check out and see if we've got a podcast for it, because some of them are pretty cool. So with that said, we will see you next week. All right. You have a good one.